Yo, welcome to another episode of Optimize Your Body podcast. I've got two great guests on today. You're in for an absolute treat. Sammy and Nathan Jager are the co-hosts of the Date Forever podcast, and they're on a mission to empower couples to create thriving relationships. Because with better relationships, we can create a better world. Sammy and Nate fell in love as housemates and have now been married for over a decade, and they love sharing relationship insights from couples and experts on their show. Shout out Dave Forever Podcast. Awesome. You guys put some great content out there, but thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you jumping on today. Uh, it's really exciting to be on here. And we had the pleasure of interviewing you uh, a few weeks ago, and really excited to release that episode as well. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed it. Went deep on some stuff and we covered a lot of ground, didn't we, on that one? Oh, I loved dude. it. Really enjoyed yeah, it. And it's definitely. just like a conversation as well. I love these kind of conversations because we got along well. There was good energy. There was good dynamics on that conversation and they always uh, turn out to be the best ones. So no pressure, guys. Yeah, you got to deliver from mine now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, and it's always great. Podcasters uh, hanging out with podcasters. So I think we always get it, right? Mm, 100%, 100%. Tell the audience a bit more about how you kickstarted date forever podcast and where the idea came from do you want to take it no go for it okay so uh date forever was born out of my quarter life crisis <laughs> yeah that's the truth is that i um i resigned from a job a very big job um that had formed a lot of my self-identity and i found myself without that job well i i quit with no plan <laughs> is the truth um and then nathan and i went on a big europe adventure spent a couple of months um having the best time and then Nath had to go back to reality um uh, but i didn't have a job so i didn't and i um spent a couple of weeks in Lombok, Indonesia on my own, uh, crying, really, um, grieving what um, I thought my life was, uh, the direction that I thought my life was going to go and trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And one of the things that sort of was reoccurring theme was how important the quality of mine and Nate's relationship um, had been in my life up until that point, you know, and that was, this was into uh, at the end of, 2019 yeah 2019. Um, yep. and it was sort of in the couple of years previous Nathan and I had celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary and quite a few friends around us we'd we'd seen uh step into love step into relationships with the people that they thought they were going to do life with for forever and then go through some pretty shitty breakups and divorces and separations and it was just a really hard thing to watch people that you love go through. And it had sort of sparked this idea in Nathan and I about like how important the quality of our relationship was. And we renewed our fifth wedding anniversary vows in Cuba. And we had a lot of conversations just about how important our relationship was and what we were doing to take care of it. And we kind of had realized that there's actually just not a lot of resources available for people who are in a good relationship and they want it to stay that way. So this is a very long-winded story to us scouring the market for, well, where do you get relationship education if stuff's not broken? Because there's quite a lot of stuff for like if, you know, you, you're married and uh, or you're in a long-term relationship and the shine is starting to wear off or it's no longer meeting your expectations or you've had kids and now it's really hard but there's actually just not a lot of content that talks to things are pretty good and you want to continue for it to be awesome. So we sort of, sort of started thinking about all of the different ways that we could contribute to that conversation. And then eventually we landed on, do you know what I reckon the best medium for this is a podcast. And that's how we ended up with date forever. Awesome. I'd like to touch on something you said then, which is a little bit off that topic, but when you said you left the job without another one, right. To go to, mm. Takes a lot of courage. And you said obviously you were struggling in Lombok, right? Crying and stuff like that. Obviously, it sounds like you had a little bit of a burnout or breakdown or wherever it was. Mm -hmm. But to do that takes so much courage, right? And a lot of people I bet can resonate with this because you know what it's like a lot of people do stay out of comfort and fear of the change. So how did you what gave you the courage to do that and then, you know, just stick to your guns? 
Well, I, I had really thought I was going to be in that role for a long time. Um, I saw a lot of growth opportunities. I'd already had a lot of growth opportunities with this company. Um, I thought I was going to be there for a long time. And then a series of things happened in that business in quite a short period of time. And I realized I wasn't going to be there long term. And as almost as soon as I realized that I wasn't going to be there long term, I really felt incongruent leading a team to a future I knew I wasn't going to be part of because I was general manager. I was leading a global team across the thing, nine different time zones. And it was like a, a, a switch that flicked. And uh, with gratitude, I have um, Nath as my partner who just supported me to be like, I, I'm watching you torture yourself trying to uh, make this thing work that you've re- now realized isn't going to work. Like just free yourself from that. Um, and I did, I, I jumped with no plan and I picked up a couple of like freelancing projects for a, a couple of months. Then we went on this big trip and then it came to a point where it was like, okay, Sammy, you have to figure out what you want to do now. And a big part of that was to have more conversations about relationships and how they impact the quality of our lives. And I think that was one of the like beautiful things about our relationship. And we've, we've both gone through this in different stages of that too. But having our relationship kind of as that stable base, as the kind of getting off point for, for other opportunities and things like mm-hmm. that has really set ourselves up really well to be able to make some of these maybe seemingly challenging decisions or um or spur of the moment decisions almost as well it's it's that that stability and that um certainty i guess that our relationship has um that's really allowed us to to both take some of those bigger steps yeah to weather some more uncertainty out in the world yeah it's the most important thing in there guys is having that support around you from your partner it's just everything isn't it and you can i'm sure you can relate to this nave as well and they're just having your woman stand by you and help you out in those times and give you support and, you know, push you forward, hear you out when you're, you know, you're struggling at times. I think a lot of the times, a lot of guys, we talked about this recently with uh, Adam Lane Smith, they kind of struggle in a sense to open up to their, to their, their partner at times. And what, what's your thoughts on that, Meg? I'm just curious to know how you kind of manage that. I'm going to get straight into a deep question here, my man. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but just curious to know how you manage that because there's a way of communicating as well where you know you you can kind of be vulnerable um if that's the right word right word and open up and be transparent with your with your with your wife um but doing it in a way where you know you're going to kind of solve the problem at the same time you know what i mean it's like one thing being vulnerable it's another thing actually be, being act, active about wanting to solve whatever the issue is as well you know what i mean so yeah. how, how do you go about that mate you don't have to go into too much detail and depth but just curious to know how you go about that communication element so I think I think it's changed throughout the course of our relationship. So, so as we kind of mentioned in our bio, I think we were well, we were housemates first, um, and so we were friends before that. Yeah, we were friends before that. So we've kind of got a, this long-standing friendship, and like we did have a lot of common ground, even as housemates. Like that, we were we were sharing lots of things. We we were having pretty open conversations and things um, back then already. But then when we actually stepped into a relationship, like that first year or eighteen months, like it was pretty turbulent. Like I think we had more arguments in that, that first 18 months or 12 or 18 months than we have for the kind of the rest of our relationship. Um, so a lot of that was, was through, I guess, just issues coming up and kind of needing to step into that to like, like I knew that I'd found someone incredible here and someone that I, I did want to spend the rest of my life with. Um, and so it was kind of a matter of either stepping into the discomfort to have that conversation or potentially then like losing this person that I that I did have long-term intent with. Um, so I guess early stages, it was very much like as shit arose, we had to kind of deal with it. Um, whereas we've taken a bit more of a kind of proactive approach um, later in our relationship. And so there was a, we had a guest on our podcast who um, who discussed this idea of having a weekly happy hour. And one of the items um, within this happy hour was to ask the question of, is there anything you would like me to apologize for this week? And so what this has really kind of done for us in our relationship has allowed us to have that safe space, that kind of time, that, a dedicated time in a week. Like, and we normally do it like out at a cafe or something as well to kind of like break the, break the environment that we're normally in. 
Um, but it is asking that kind of vulnerable question, but knowing that you're in a safe space to be able to bring up maybe some of the things that have been bothering you this week or or that one little micro thing of uh, you left the washing in the washing machine for four days and it's now like stinking and it's like. That's uh, a real life example. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't That's just a real life example. Up. No, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think what this has allowed is like that safe space to hear those, uh, maybe those little grievances and things like that, that your partner does have um, and to be able to nip them in the bud early um i think one of the worst things you can do is not bring these sorts of things up with your partner and then these tiny little things that um that might seem pretty trivial the first time that it happens but the next time that it happens it becomes a little bit bigger and the next time it happens it becomes a bit bigger again and these literally turning like yeah um a mound into a mountain um and so the earlier you can kind of bring these things up um, discuss them with your partner say oh look there was this little thing that that you did that made me feel this way um how can we approach it differently or something like that so yeah I guess having that safe space once a week has like been a game changer for us too awesome awesome I love that and that's why there's nothing I like more Are you okay there you're not going to die on me yeah. having a coffee today. okay <laughs> Sammy's right there I thought Sarah was going to start crying then because, you know, you were, no. you were being, you know, like, so. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, nah. I was smothering it. I didn't want to uh, steal Nate's thunder. <laughs> That's all good. No, but there's nothing I love more than people like you two who actually practice what you preach, though. That's mm. I love that because you guys live what you talk about on the podcast. Mm. And I've actually learned quite a lot from you guys already. And I think one thing I see anyway is people think, you know, when you fall in love and you get married and stuff, and what I've seen anyway, just from people around me, it's like they get married. And then it's almost like they stop with the, they don't treat it structured. Like the reality is a relationship takes work, right? And in my personal opinion, probably you know, my upbringing plays a part in this or whatever it is, but I find it harder, you know, in terms of building a relationship than kind of anything else really when it comes to even, even building the body and stuff like that, because there's so many different dynamics and there's so many different things you have to be aware of and the communication has to be open. But then obviously, you know, as you know, Nathan, when you communicate with a, with a female as well, it's not the same as as communicating with a guy, right? You've got to be, you know, it's a completely different dynamic. So, you guys, um, what I wanted to ask you firstly, um, what would you say? And again, we can edit the out, edit this out. If, I'm gonna give you much, uh, much, you know, uh, notice here. We can edit this out if you're not comfortable. But I'm just curious to know what comes to mind in terms of the marriage now, because you guys have been married married for over a decade, which is, you know, incredible. What would you say? You know, the biggest struggles are that come to mind. Because that is, you know, that takes a lot to actually build something and keep it growing and keep it flourishing, you know, after a decade. What's the biggest struggles that or biggest struggle that comes to mind that you guys have had to overcome? I you don't need to edit this out. We'll roll with this one. Fantastic. So, I wasn't going to anyway, I was just trying to make yeah. you feel better. <laughs> so I think um there is like a handful of conflicts that reoccur for us. And if you were really honest about it they are versions of the same thing. And the the core of that is one of the things that I really love about Nath, but also the thing that drives me fucking the most insane. Um, and that is Nath's uh, perception of time and planning and my desire for planning and, and long range. So in my ideal world would probably be uh, pretty consistently planning 100 days ahead. And Nath's probably one, maybe two days not 100 days so our our conflict generally is around um, my proactivity around wanting to plan and Nate's more reactivity around wanting to to plan our life Um, I think that just shows up in in the most simple of things like what are we eating this week and when and who's going to cook it and how are we going to get the ingredients into our house but also like hey we're going to this wedding in two months when are we going to book flights, accommodation, organize our outfits, take the stuff to the dry cleaning? It's the the readiness. I'm I've got a longer range, and Nate's got a shorter range, and that's the thing that we it causes the most conflict in our relationship. I loved what you said on the podcast actually when you guys went away and you you work as a team, right? So you'll have like different roles essentially, so you can yeah. just streamline things and actually make the most of your time of that time you do have available. Cause when you're not, I'm the, it's funny cause I can relate to this. Cause I'm, I'm not, I, I can already tell I'm nowhere near as organized as um, 
as as Sammy. I can just tell you're on the ball. I can tell how professional you are with everything. You've done this <laughs> another level. That's there's levels to this game, Nate. You know what I mean? But uh, my my girlfriend is not organized, and I am. She's not. You know, I wouldn't say she's unorganized. You know, she's got her shit together, but she's not very organized. Whereas I am more organized. But would you agree that sometimes having that kind of balance? I know it can be a bit extreme sometimes. Having that balance and having different, I guess, skills and strengths can can also be a good thing as well, though. Or would you say it's never a good thing, Sammy, in that case with the organization? No, no, I I (laughs) do. She's like, not in this case. (laughs) No, I think it's a really good thing. And that's why I say that it's one of the things that I love most about Nath is he has a, a much stronger ability to stay present. He has a much stronger ability to live in the here and the now and enjoy that for what it is. I, I struggle with that a lot more and I'm thinking about what's next. Um, like how can I make this or better? Or how can I make or, this better? Yeah. Or yeah. So um I, I it would be insane if we had two of me. Like it would be <laughs> crazy if we had um but I can also recognize in myself like why do I want that? And it's like it's to meet that need for certainty. It's to meet that need for control. Um, but I, I also have a really strong need for variety and, uh, you know, I work for myself. I work with multiple different clients. I have, um, a business, another business and a podcast because I want the, the variety and I want things to be different, but it, it's kind of balancing the, the structure allows me to have that as well. Um, but yeah, I would say that that's the thing that we fight most about or ha- is the source of most conflict. Mm. That's a great point. Let, let's talk on that work-life balance. It's something I wanted to pick your brains on, right? Person, personally, I don't believe there's such thing as perfect balance. You know, we're always striving for balance, but I don't believe in perfect balance. We're always mm-hmm. striving for that, like I said. But you guys, you know, you work a lot of hours and everything else. How do you balance that? How do you, you know, find find that kind of you know time to really invest into the relationship? The time, not just the time. It's the energy, as we talked about before, right? It's the energy and how present you are and the quality of time, right? How do you find? How do you balance that with everything else you guys do? Yeah. So I guess for the two of us. We try not to use the word balance, but more so ha- the word harmony. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying that, actually. Yeah, I should yeah. remember that. <laughs> because, because balance, balance implies that it should be equal, right? Yeah. That they should sit on the yeah. scales and it doesn't work like up. that. It's not yeah. like that. And so even within your relationship, like if you balance out the chores, it means, oh, so I'm going to do the vacuuming and you're going to do the washing or something like And it just doesn't work like that in reality. So what we kind of work for is is harmony and and so I guess using using the word harmony, it means you can kind of leverage each other's strengths. Um, and if someone is really strong in one area and not, and not so strong in the other one, then we can kind of share the load that way. Or if if someone does happen to have a, a lighter week, um, a, a lighter work week one week, then then we can take that kind of lion's share of doing some of the housework um, in that week. So so I guess. Um, like Sammy and I both do work quite differently. So I I have a like kind of permanent full-time job. So I am predominantly nine to five, although working a nine-day fortnight at the moment. Um so so that in itself, I guess, has like moving to a nine-day fortnight has been a, a real game changer for us because it has allowed us um an extra day a week uh, to be able to dedicate to to some of our mm. um or to the podcast and to some of our um goals i guess in life that we can kind of work on together um but then sammy is much more flexible in the way of or flexible and uh i don't know what the word is Uh, agile agile yeah yeah yeah, in her working approach um and uh, and i guess i like just the way that my my brain works i do like a bit of structure around my work day um so i'll quite often stick to some fairly rigid work hours whereas Sammy often hits her straps at like 7 p.m. at night or 9 p.m. at night and we'll just like get into the zone and just want to keep working. And so we work around that with each other. Um, If I can add to that, probably by no surprise based off the back of my previous answer, but it is with with planning. We get a lot done and we achieve a lot because we plan for it. Um, At uh, in November every year, we t- take one or two days to have what we call our annual game plan day. Um, and we go through the year that was, what what went well, what, what did we not um, do, what goals did we hit, what goals did we not hit, why. Um, 
and then we set intentions for the year to come and we use those two days to sort of check back in on our values um to check back in on our like what's our really big grand vision for our our life together what are we wanting to do in the next decade um what are the things that are on our vision board that we've achieved this year what are the things that we still want to do and then we set really clear goals for eight different areas of our life for the next 12 months and then we sort of reverse engineer that so the thing so we very clear like we'll have the um annual wall calendar up in our home it goes up in yeah about October, November for the following year. Um, and it gets mapped out with, well, when are we going to take a holiday? When are we going to take breaks? When are the key public holidays? When are we having visitors? We don't live in the same state as our family. So when are we going to visit our family? What are the immovable things that we don't have influence over, like other people's weddings, um, key milestone birthdays that we really want to go to, conferences or events or concerts and things that we want to attend, like that we have, we, you know, those those things are happening on that day. We, we can't change that. So that all goes in first. And then we work around it. Um, and like um, like I said, we set, uh, we check in on our values and we do the things that are important to us and we get things done because we say no to things. I think that's something that's, an, that's a hard truth is we get a lot done because we say no to some stuff. And sometimes that's not always um, easy to do. That's the hardest thing I would say. I think that's where a lot of people come undone. And I'm guilty of this at times. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Really hard. And yeah, values. I wanted to talk on that, right? Because everything you were saying then, I'm like, this is why is this important to you? What are your values, right? Because you you have to have values which align, obviously, for you guys to be where you're at now in the relationship and everything else and be married for that long and everything else. You have to have values which which align, right? So when you sit down and you do that for the year, for example, why what are your top values, for example, you you two that you share? Um, just curious to know why it's so important to you to sit there and go, right, let's get this done. This is how our year is roughly going to look. This is what's important to us. And this is what we're going to get done. Yeah. So Sammy and I have both gone through some exercises to unpack, I guess, what our individual core values are. So it's whether that's valuing health and fitness or um, a sense of adventure or freedom and, and those sorts of things. So we've both gone through so, some exercises kind of individually and, um, and then once we've sort of done that individually, we came together and actually worked out, well, what are the core values that we share together? And what do we really want our relationship to look like from a values perspective? Um, and so a few of the values um, that have come up for us is is adventure. Um, so, so originally when we kind of did this activity, it was travel. But then um, over kind of lockdown years, um, it was... Travel had, had to become to... variety and adventure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, so we kind of did a bit more deep thinking about, well, what actually is it that travel provides us? Um, and so we kind of dived down into, um, yeah, some of those values worked out like what the core, um, what the core need, I guess, behind some of these things were. Uh, and then we unpacked, yeah, around, I think, six core values that we've got at the moment or, or six shared values that we've got that we really use to kind of guide a lot of our decision-making um, in our annual game plan process. Awesome stuff. And based on all the experts and all the great people you've had on your podcast, what would you say from your perspective and what you've learned from them is the biggest issue in terms of people breaking up or marriages not working that comes to mind or the biggest issues that you think whole, you know, destroy most relationships essentially? So something that we learned from our favorite guy, Tony Robbins, um, is about the six core human needs. And if you're not familiar with this framework, go have a read up. It's really great. Um, yeah, really basic sort of framework, but that there's six different things that all of us are trying to get met at any one time. So there's um, a need for certainty, variety, growth, contribution, uh, love and connection, and a missing one. Significance? Did you mention significance? significance. Yeah, significance. yeah. Lucky yeah. number six. So one of the things that we've learned is that um, a relationship is likely to not end um, particularly well if you are partnered with someone who has, who, where your top two needs are their bottom two. So if you're at polar opposite ends of your needs, there's likely to be inevitable, unresolvable conflict. Um 
So I would, I would encourage you to get familiar with what your own are, what your top two needs are. Um, and you can, do, you can be more intentional and bring um, consciousness to that if you want, if they are something now and you want that to be different, you know, if you're motivated by variety and significance and you want it to be love and connection and growth, like you can consciously start to um, design those things. But I think that's something that people aren't aware of, that they fundamentally have different needs than their partner. But then I think it's also all of the like, um, it sounds so like cliche, right? It's like the, the poor communication. Um, but I think, and, and we kind of already alluded to it, like stagnation, uh, a lack of commitment to your own personal growth or the growth of the relationship. And it sounds morbid, but if you're not growing, you're dying. And yeah, that's, that's what Tony says as well, man. That's spot on, absolutely, in any area of life. Mm. Yeah. And I think that was something that we encountered in our own relationship as well. Um, so in that job that Sammy was talking about earlier in the podcast, um, she, like it was fulfilling so much of her personal growth and like she was going through a massive sort of growth trajectory. Um, and and I wasn't there yet. I was kind of standing still. And so that did really come to a head for us as well, where Sammy was like really loving the person that she was becoming, going through this big personal growth journey. Um, and I was just kind of standing around going and twiddling my thumbs and, and and not really moving anywhere. And so we were growing apart. And so um so I guess through that, through that journey, I had to work out, well, what do I really want and what am I doing with life? And and where am I going? Um, and yeah, and that was kind of a real turning point for me as well. And my own and kind of kickstarting my own growth journey and realizing that I am in this life um, to design it for myself um, and for and for us as well. But um, yeah, really just stepping into the driver's life, like the driver's seat of my life rather than kind of sitting in the stands and just waiting and watching things happen in front of me. I was hoping you were going to bring that up when you were asking that, uh, <laughs> answering the question about vulnerability. She was just waiting patiently. Yeah. She had this look at her eye like, yeah, he's, he's like, not going to forget this. He's not going to forget Is he going to go there or not? And that, yeah. yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, Martin, to your earlier question about Nate's um, relationship with himself and his ability to share and communicate openly and delve into like feelings and emotions and growing that sense of literacy and then confidence and competence in sharing that uh, that was a huge growth trajectory moment for you Nate mm. where you really started to invest in your relationship with yourself becoming so much more self-aware um, starting to think more critically about the decisions you were making and why you were making them but I think all of that allowed you to be far more open and honest with me because you were being open and honest with yourself yeah and like you both said as well, you're either growing or you're dying. And if one of you is growing or on that growth journey, the other one's not, for example, in your case at the time, then yeah. if we say it how it is, you would have got potentially got left behind, right? But yeah. you decided to step up because obviously it was extremely important to you. You stepped up to the plate. But that's something you see a lot, right? There's one person normally who kind of get let, gets left behind. They get outgrown or whatever. Mm. And just working on yourself, right? I'd love, I'd love to talk about that. So you went through that process there, Sammy, of working on yourself. Mm. And so, that's the most important thing, isn't it, really? Because you ha if you haven't done that deep work. Yeah. You know? Growth has always been one of my highest values. Like even mm. as I reflect back, um, like as a as a teenager, like the opportunities that I would seek out were, were for growth. They were for expansion, expansion of experiences, expansion of mind, expansion of knowledge, expansion of network, all about growth. Um, and it was probably this experience that I had where I had had probably three years of professional growth that amplified growth in almost every other area of my life. Like my network rapidly expand, my sense of self rapidly expanded, my competency in my, and my technical skills um, in my, in my work as a leader. Um, I was being exposed to a lot of ideas and, and um, thinking about a lot of different things. I started reading even more than I was before. I started listening to even more podcasts than I was before. And it was, it was rapid growth. I think, I honestly think I had about a decade's worth of growth in about three years. Um, and it was terrifying because I, I really did love who I was becoming and the ideas and the fountain that I was drinking from. But it was terrifying because I, I really did feel like I was leaving Nath behind, but I also didn't want to stop that growth. 
I wasn't prepared to stop growing so that I could stay on his level and I could feel the the wedge of the triangle getting wider and wider and it was it was really scary and it did come to a head where it was I need you to get on board or I don't know what's going to happen and that's scary because you're my person and I and I know you have it in you I know you do I know you've got potential that's sitting dormant I know that you've got growth to do I know that you're going to get even better but you've got to want to do it I can't drag you through this I can't carry you through this and I don't want to carry you through this how much did health play a part in that for you because I always say you know health is really the home base right without having your self-care number one something's going to give right you're just not going to be at your best simple as that and that has that ripple effect then for better or for worse right when you're taking care of yourself everything else tends to level up when you're not mm, things go down a bit don't they so how much of your... That's how I. That's how I ended up a a big crying mess in Lombok. Oh, go ahead. Of, with my <laughs> tell us more. Of, yeah, with my sense <laughs> of self wrapped up in the job that I quit. Um, was I? I had that realization while I was in Lombok that I was like, "Fuck, I don't. I don't know when the last time I took myself on a date really was." And I'd in that um sort of year or so previous, I'd done a uh, an injury running and I'd stopped running and I'd given up trying to heal that injury. I had stopped pole dancing. I had stopped dance, like just dance classes overall. Mm. I had stopped a lot of the things that were good for my, my mind and my body that weren't necessarily like so specifically linked to, to growth. There were things that I just let drop away. Um, so I think like, I'm, I'm sure I don't keep, I don't really weigh myself that often, but I'm sure if I went back and weighed myself at that moment in time, it was probably one of the heavier moments of my uh, life, especially after a couple months of, of Europe of croissants. And, <laughs> France and, will take anyone out of the game, won't it? Uh, and all the good stuff. But yeah, I, I that was a really big part of me recommitting to my relationship with myself um, and recommitting to uh, movement being part of my relationship with myself, you know, um, and and not a nice to have, but like, this is a need to have. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, and I, I don't, I can't really talk to your you and your health at that time, but I know that I was not well. Yeah, I definitely didn't have the same commitment to health that I did have um, a few years prior. Um, so, yeah, a few years prior, I I had um, set myself a goal. Uh, like a, a really big fitness goal that I'd been working towards for 18 months or two years um, and it achieved that goal and it kind of kept up my same standards of of my my health and fitness. And You're talking like about that. Kokoda? Yeah. 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 What yeah. is that exactly? Sorry? Hiking the Kokoda track. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. Yeah. yeah. So, so that takes big, a lot of preparation, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A big, a big 10 day hike. So, and, and I guess prior to that as well, I hadn't, um, I hadn't been looking after my body at all. Um, and so I was starting from probably a negative one kind of position and uh, tried to uh, achieve his big fitness goal. So so I'd put in like a lot of effort and it really been kind of nurturing and looking after my body um, in the lead up to that. Uh, and then once I kind of had achieved that goal, like I, I, I did maintain it for a while, but then things just kind of started to slip. So so I think for me, like it was just a real kind of eye opener at that point in time as well, that it is really important to have some fitness goals up ahead of you and something to kind of strive for and something to to look forward to because it can very easily just become or you slip back into your kind of lower, lower kind of more mundane kind of habits of like, oh, I'll, I'll just, I won't go to the gym today or, or I won't do this thing today. I'll, I'll skip that. I'm not quite feeling up to it or whatever. And it is very easy to kind of, yeah, drop when those standards when you broken, don't. when yeah, it's yeah. so much harder. Oh, it's so to hard get to get it back, again. isn't it? It is. 100%. 100%. It's like a bike, you know, when you when you're cycling, you get that momentum, you're just cruising. When you you know, when the bike, yeah. when you fall off the bike, <laughs> gotta yeah. get back up and get the momentum back. But yeah. personal standards and non-negotiables. You mentioned movement. I've heard you mention that a few times, mm. actually. Um, <laughs> what are your non-negotiables? But I'm curious to know, and if they differ at all when it comes to your personal standards to keep you both at your best. I, f- I love that you asked this because a coach friend of mine asked me this question maybe like 
I don't know, two months ago. And the day she asked me, it like stumped me. I was like, I know I've got them, but what are they? I don't know. And, and I give you actually, guys, I just for the audience, we, I give these guys zero preparation before this interview. Yeah. I just, I just bombarded you with questions. <laughs> so she asked me this question and I was like, I came home and I was like, Nath, I, my friend asked me this question today. And then we had a big conversation about it. And then when we had the conversation, we were like, do you know what? We should do a podcast episode on this. So we recently dropped an episode about this exact thing, our non-negotiable. So do you want to go first? No, go for it yeah. <laughs> okay but yeah if you want the deep dive go and check out that episode anyway but yeah we'll, we'll give you the like uh quick little rundown now yeah of our our non-negotiables so I probably um not um by no surprise that I have um more than Nath <laughs> <laughs> uh with my strong uh desire to have lists give me one sec I'll pull up it's all good go ahead I think, I don't know if I listened to that one. I listened to another one where you were talking about that, though. You're talking about how you uh, you allocate that time. Yeah. So um, I've, yeah, I've got a few. Um, I can so- imagine Sammy's literally got it in her diary, right? She's literally yeah, got yeah, like, he- you know, 9.15 a.m., 27-minute <laughs> walk. You joke, but that's it. I, I literally have a purple block in my calendar every day that says move. And I move I move it around, um, but it's in there every day. It's reoccurring calendar invite with myself. Um, and I move and I do whatever feels good that day or whatever I've planned for. Um, I'm not as uh, regimented with my uh, training as you are, Martin, but I move every day, move. Um, so uh, natural light every single day without fail um some natural light uh closing my apple watch ring so i've got um a, a stand goal a move goal and an exercise goal and i'm i'm at day around about day 700 yeah, in a row so. of closing all three of those rings um two or three liters of water and i do that with ease um some multivitamins morning and night um every week an ocean swim and we do that nate does that one with me um we do yep. Or do that all year round. So winter, we're still in there, um, getting our, our weekly ocean swim. Um, outdoor exercise. I think there's something to be said for like training, but then there's training outdoors um, and that hits different for me. Um, I really need a couple of hours um, of contact time with friends each week, whether or not that's um, on the phone, on Zoom, best is in real life, but I know that's not always possible as with busy adult lives um, and friends who have kids and businesses and partners and all the things. Um, and then no extra time learning. So one of those walks um, will be with a book or a podcast in my ears. Um, I'm alcohol free Monday to Thursday. Um, for me, I, I I don't swing from the all or, or nothing. I like harmony. Um, so my fueled up life, my really good relationship with me and my my wellness and my body is saying yes to burgers and um, booze some of the time, um, but knowing when to say no. Um, but that's part and- of self-care. Let me just touch on that quickly. And I say that to my audience and to my clients a lot. Part of self-care is actually saying yes at times. People always think, mm-hmm. oh, i got to be disciplined. No, that's not sustainable. You know, yeah. Sometimes it's nourishing. If, if you're having a social event or something as well, if you're going to eat out with friends or have a few drinks, that's actually part of your self-care at times, right? So yeah, everything's absolutely. a trade-off. Yeah. Um, and then I read two books a month. Um, generally, the, I really like personal development books, so I read a lot of that, and I like reading biographies of people, cool people who have done cool things. Um, I have I work with a coach almost all of the time. Um, what type of coach? It depends. Um, and then some monthly accountability calls, and then uh, non-negotiable chiropractic. I see um, someone who is the best in the business, I reckon, after I shopped around for a very long time to find a great one, um, who I see probably about every three or four weeks. Awesome. And just for the audience as well, you live in my old spot right near Coogee Beach. It's a beautiful yeah. place. And when you were saying that then, outdoors, we got no excuse. It's the best, one of the best places in the world in my eyes to yeah. be outdoors doing your thing because I lived there for like four years, right? Now I live in obviously Bondi Junction. It's not the same. Um, the, yeah. the the outdoors there, right on your doorstep. And if I don't people think people understand them. I was doing the same thing as well. I go all through the winter, the, the cold water dips. Mm. But doing that, I mean, obviously it gets harder in the winter, but it's beautiful, right? When the sun, mm-hmm. On this kind of day, when the sun's out and it's cold, you get in there, you feel phenomenal afterwards yeah. it's a great it vibe amazing it? yeah. yeah it's like food for the soul yeah mm. but i think i think also 
when the weather is rubbish. Like, there's been a few times where we've kind of where the rep weather's been rubbish the whole week, and it's got to a Sunday afternoon, and we're like, "All right, we've got to muscle up and do this." We're gonna we're and getting and getting in the ocean when it is rainy and wet and cold and stuff outside, and getting out, you do still feel alive. Like mm. you actually, I feel like some of those ones have been like it's it's setting that standard with yourself that like yes i have high standards i'm going to do this i'm committed to it like i'm going to do this rain hail or shine and like as beautiful as it is to do it on a nice winter's morning or something uh, while it is sunny like it i feel like that for for yourself and like that kind of building that relationship with yourself doing it when it is tough is is almost better that's the character building process isn't it it's that's the stuff you got to embrace you know some people struggle with it's like when you're feeling uncomfortable it's cold outside you get a better (laughs) reward afterwards as well and it just it just makes you more resilient in all areas right just simple stuff like that doing stuff like that regular when initially when you get up and it's dark you don't necessarily want to do it when it's freezing cold right but you do it you feel phenomenal afterwards and I think this is the shift between like having the extrinsic motivation or the discipline where it's like, you've got to push yourself to do it. You've got to push, push, push. I said I was going to do it. So I'm going to do it. I don't have that anymore. I have absolute 100% intrinsic motivation to get in that water. I, I there's, I don't think I've ever not wanted to do it. I've wanted the conditions to maybe be different, <laughs> but I've always want, I now want to do it. It's, it's all pull, pull energy from myself. I love that. Let's let's talk on that intrinsic motivation because that is the key thing when it comes to discipline, right? Because I'm exactly the same. I'm sure you can relate to this as well, Maeve. It doesn't feel like discipline anymore for me. It's mm-hmm. just programmed in, like brushing my teeth. It's just like when I brush my teeth, I have to do that. I don't always necessarily want to do it instantly. It's like when I get out of bed in the morning, I don't always jump out of bed doing cartwheels, raring to go to the gym. Like I'm just like anyone else. I'm like, okay, you know, tired, whatever. But then it's that reward you get, right? You get that dopamine hit, endorphins, whatever it is. Mm. And you know, then that you're just a better person. It's just like intuitive. It's like, I'm better when I do this. And when you don't do it, I don't know about that. I know because you do it so regular now. That's when you notice, I mean, it never happens for me now, but like when I travel and stuff, obviously I'm not going to be cooking my own meals and stuff. When you take care of yourself and you stop or you're out of your routine, that's when you really notice then, don't you? Oh, wow. Actually, I get so much benefit out of that, you know, Mm. the way I live. Yeah, I don't really um, subscribe to the David Goggins approach to life. To no, neither do I. If you haven't read that, his book is a Navy. I have. I read. I read them both. To be honest, I I I like him as as a character. I love his book, what he's been for, and everything else. But I don't agree with any of his message on. He's, it's I mean, just like 99.9% of people are not going to do that consistently, you know? And they're also not soldiers. Like that approach. Navy that SEAL callous, as well, as you say. Yeah, it's that callous your mind at all yeah. costs, detach from your emotion, detach from your feeling. Like that's probably a perfect methodology for a soldier. Um, it's probably exactly what they need to be able to do the work that they do. But, um, yeah, I just don't really subscribe to that, like, discipline, force, like, um lack of empathy or compassion for for yourself like it was probably two years ago I, I committed to doing a 30-day yoga challenge and I like that was one of my goals for the year is like I just want to do I want to have a 30-day consistent streak of doing at least um, 30 minutes of yoga and the first time I attempted the challenge I got I I, I pulled something in in my knee about day 17 and then I kept going for day 18 and 19 and it was maybe day 20 where I was like hold on a second I did this challenge because I wanted to be intentional about carving out time to nourish myself. And what was intended to be nourishment is now punishment. No, stop, reset, let it go and start again when, when, when I'm healed, when I intrinsically want to do this and I'm not forcing myself. Um, I think there's a really big mental shift between what do I what give myself permission to, to do. 100%. And sometimes it's a smart thing to do, right? Just simply giving up. Like if you're, if you're running and you're getting all these pains, and to be honest, I love most of the stuff he talks about and there's stuff that's stuck in my mind, which has been really helpful stuff that he's talked about. But yeah, because, you know, pushing through all that pain, for example, when he's running, as you were saying, there is actually a time where you actually should quit. It's quite smart to like not go against your body sometimes as well, right? So it's that, it's that fine line, isn't it? While he systematically pushes away every person who's trying to love him, it's it's quite sad. I, yeah. I find David Goggins quite sad story, but yeah. yeah, lots of people love him. Lots of people. Yeah, love I never him. really thought of it like that. Actually, yeah, when you say it like that, mm, he does actually push a lot of people away, doesn't he? Mm. Mm. In the pursuit of performance, I think 
Why? Why? Mm. Anyway, Nathan, tell us about your non-negotiables. <laughs> <laughs> Go down the David Hogg Goggins rabbit hole now. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I've got a few different, um, well, I've got a few similar non-negotiables to Sammy, but also a few different ones as well. Um, so I am an introvert at heart, I guess, and I no, do enjoy not at heart in no, every part in of your being. Design. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I do, I do like need to carve out some, some downtime for myself or some chill time. So, so one of the rituals that I have is, um, after my kind of work day is having just like 20 minutes or half an hour of time for myself, um, to have a coffee and, um, and just to kind of reset to to set myself up for the evening. Um, so that's one of the things that I do each day. Uh, are you avoiding saying what else you have with your coffee because we're on a performance podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can keep you can keep it one hundred. Don't worry. Go on, Nate. What what do you have in the coffee? Whipped cream, six, six sugars. <laughs> no, no, no. That ruins the coffee. No, I have I have something on the side. No, just a treat of some sort. But I. That's all good, mate. No, no. And I I always promote this message as well. You don't have to get because people sometimes look at me and stuff like that. It's like no, no. I always promote this anyway. That flexibility is key, right? So yeah, yeah. Definitely. As long as you're not, yeah, there's a fine line between being flexible with it and then obviously getting sloppy. I think there's a fine line, right? I always talk yeah, about sloppiness definitely. being different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then on the weekly level, um, yeah, definitely committed to the the ocean swim each week. Um, I also um subscribe to the uh no extra time learning. Um so I'm normally doing that on my commute to work on the couple of days that that I'm heading into the office. Um and then committing to um some dedicated kind of exercise each week as well. So whether that's um, playing AFL during the AFL season uh, or in the off season, then kind of getting into my mountain biking and things like that. So um, so it's kind of a good commitment for me. Um, I also set myself a, a monthly step goal um, just for getting out and moving my body. Um, and then on an annual level as well, um, and something Sammy didn't touch on, but um to really embrace some of our relationships with our friends. Um, we are committed to having a, an annual girls trip and an annual guys trip as well. So, so we go off and, and do our own things. Um, but really just to kind of embrace that side of our friendships. That's awesome. I, I'd love to talk on that quickly, right? So I, I meant to mention this actually, because I heard you talk about this. That's something you guys do, right? You, you actively have time or maybe it's one trip or whatever it is you said a year or whatever away with your friends and a lot of people listening or a lot of people, they just be like, oh, you know, how can you do that? You know, like, especially, you know, you see it a lot, right? I see it a lot. And this is not, it's probably the, the same as male, uh, males and females, probably similar. It just depends on the person. But I see a lot of women, you know, and stuff when they get married and it's like their guy might want to go on a trip with his mates or whatever. And I know it really depends. You don't know what happened, you know, the past, all that kind of stuff matters, right? And trust. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time you see that that's not the norm. Like, you know, you shouldn't allow him to go kind of thing. And it's like, well, actually if everything's going well and you're both actually, you know, working on the relationship and I don't see what the problem is, you know, if it's every now and then. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a desire yeah. to do it as well. And if, like for me, yeah. just me personally now, I have, um, I've, I've, I've never been like this. I've always had a desire to go away on my friends and stuff. And don't get me wrong. Like when I'm with my mates, we have a great time and I love it. It's the, let's be honest. Like there's nothing better at times being with your close friends and just catching a vibe, maybe having a few drinks or whatever. There's nothing better. Uh, but for me, I just have less of a, less of a desire now personally just because I uh, I just don't don't want to drink much. That's all it is, really. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. uh, it just. But yeah, carry on anyway. Sorry. Yeah, um, that means you. You. It's time to start inviting your mates on a round of golf or surf or yeah, yeah, exactly. Somewhere where you yeah. can't well, golf. Actually, you can drink. But... Definitely, my friend and I. We we, we could play volleyball at Kuji. Actually, my friend yeah. uh, lives in Kuji now. We we. Yeah. I'm gonna start playing over there or Bondi now when I get back from Bali again. Because we normally just catch up and go for food and stuff, but yeah, having those kind of activities yeah, lined up that and it's fun. Move with, yeah, yeah exactly. With. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I, I, so I think like Sammy and I are similar to you as well. That, like we we love doing things together, and so like we're, we're definitely organising um, our own trips and holidays and things like that that we do do together. But there's also activities that Sammy doesn't want to do, and and it's, similarly, there's activities that Sammy wants to do that I don't want to do either. And so if I've got the opportunity to be able to tick some of those boxes and and fill up those cups i guess with 
with some of my mates, then why shouldn't we be doing that? You will have a far better time at an Evanescence concert <laughs> with your best mate than with well, me. Or mountain biking gets spread by. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not yeah. uh, Let's be honest. It's funny how, how like guys lie about it as well. It's like, God, oh, you have a good time? They're like, yeah, it was all right. You know, you had the time of your life, mate. Stop messing around. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, just tell her it was phenomenal and you literally had the best time you've had in years. Just be honest, yeah, bro. That's it. Yeah, I, yeah I, um, I, I want that for both of us like and yeah. Nathan already said that he's an introvert so he you really take one I probably have three or four but I'm lucky because I do a bit of travel for work so I can often tack it on to um a, a trip like that and I've got friends um all over Australia so yeah I think it's a really important part to have quality time quality uninterrupted time with with your friends um and if those relationships are missing from your life maybe it's time to start investing um, and adding some fuel back into some of those relationships and, and create those for yourself. Cause it's a lot of pressure for your partner to be your one, your only, your everything. Like, Oh, I don't want that. That's not healthy. That's not, I don't think that I really don't think that's healthy at all. You know, I think you got to have the, and I actually said, I'm, I'm saying this, repeating this like 50 times now. I've said it on the last like eight podcasts, it feels like, but uh, my friend that I actually called it out, my same friend I was talking about lives in Kuji. We actually did a podcast mm-hmm. together the other week. That was our excuse to meet up. Let's do a podcast. Yeah. But no, we still, we, it was great though. Cause it's just like a conversation like this. It was just like catching up with him. Um, but we said on the podcast as well for that accountability. Um, when that's going to go live next week, like, right. When I get back from Bali now, we're going to lock it in. Cause we keep saying it. And what it is with guys as well, again, I've said this a million times, women generally are just more, that's kind of like their superpower. They're more social creatures. They naturally tend to do that better with guys. Like you say, I can do the same because I'm extroverted, but there's also a big introverted part of me as well, massively. Yeah. Like I, I'll spend like pretty much all my time alone. And that's something that Janini and I need to work on as well is actually actively, you know, spending more time with friends and stuff. But um, with guys though, isn't it? You you can just kind of get wrapped up, especially with you not being as, uh, I guess, I, I can imagine Sammy's locking in all these dates with her friends, you know, like a year in advance. And for guys, sometimes we just go with the flow, then we all fancy coming for yeah. a beer. It's like last minute. Yeah, and then, gets to Friday you know, night. But I think like, we have oh. to make more of an effort, Nate, to like, you yeah, know, sometimes oh, to actually be yeah. with certain friends to actually make that happen, the intention, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to bastardize this and there's someone someone will have to fact check this, but I know that there's the, the evolution theory too about um, male brains and the way that, you, you know, you've still got your hunter-gatherer brain and that you're literally wired that way is that if you had to go out and hunt a dangerous animal as a pack of dudes trying to take down a cheater or something, um, it wasn't helpful for you to be having a chat and making a lot of noise while you're spending time in each other's company. Mm. Whereas women, the opposite, out gathering berries and fruits and nuts and stuff, like it's very beneficial for them to be chattering away and scaring off the birds and the possums out of those trees. So I think there is like sometimes we are working against like our, our natural instincts. And I think we need to embrace that too, is that, hey, you probably weren't encouraged to um, sit around and have a deep, meaningful chat as a small child, small male child. Um, and yet girls were probably plonked on the floor with some Barbies and said, you know, play chat, house. play house. Yeah. yeah. Makes 100% sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, problem solvers, right? And they're just guys are just just naturally. And we have to, and that's what actually Adam said as well. Adam Lane Smith said, you know, we ha- guys have to be together, essentially solving problems together, you know, and, and just, just brotherhood, right? Is really, really important. But those social connections, right? And that's one of the main four pillars of health. I'm glad we touched this because true health, in fact, there was a study then on relationships and they found that, I don't know exactly how they've done this, but long story short, bad relationships or toxic relationships or stressful relationships in your life is actually this, the equivalent of smoking like 15 cigarettes a day in terms of mm. what it does to your longevity. Um, literally takes years off your life. Yeah, exactly. Loneliness is a real thing, right? So those social connections, that's that's one of the main four pillars of health and arguably the most important thing, right? We're social creatures as humans. You guys are definitely qualified to answer this one, right? You've been married for over 10 years now, you know, happily married. You do what you need to do to keep working on it as well. I'd love you just to quickly, before I get into that one, um, in terms of your weekly check-ins, I really like this. Um, Janine and I have just started doing it. Not, you know, that structure, to be honest, we need to level it up, but you guys, I love some, can you just share some of that? I know it was on a recent podcast, but yeah, how you do that every yeah. Sunday or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess, as I touched on a little bit earlier, um, every Sunday we, we do have a weekly check-in chat. Um, 
So we, we have a relatively structured kind of agenda. Uh, well, it started off as a very structured kind of agenda of what we would run through each each day or each week. Um, so it's some key things um, just around like um, one of the f- first things is food. So like, what are we what are we going to eat this week? Who's um, in charge of organizing it? Who's in charge of cooking each way, each night or are we going to order it out or are we doing our own things? Um, so that's kind of the first thing is food. Um, the next one is what do we have on for this week? So um, do we have, yeah, commitments? We basically just op- both open up our calendars um, and kind of run through what those fixed commitments are or whether there's something else that we're trying to plan in for the week um, that we need to kind of structure and, and fit that in. Uh, the next one is money. Um, so just a quick little money check-in. Um, so this can be as simple as just opening up your banking app um, and just checking that you've been paid, you've got the the right amount of money in the right accounts, or um, or also just checking in, like, do you have any bills and things like that that need to be paid this week um, or any kind of out-of-the-ordinary um, expenses that, that might be coming up. Uh, so the next one um, is around appreciation. So really just asking your partner, like, is there anything that I've done this last week or anything that you've done this last week that you'd like to be appreciated for? Um, and this has been a, a real game changer for us too, because sometimes there are those things that like, uh, maybe you've spent half a day, like tidying up the the house, tidying up the apartment and, and your partner's come home and has not recognized it or something. And, and it has made you feel like underappreciated. So uh, this is really that opportunity to kind of capture that and just kind of mention, oh, like, look, there were these things that I did this week that um, that you might not have seen, but um, I would really like to be appreciated for. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. There's more. Nate's, yeah. not, Nate's being coy. Then we talk about <laughs> sex. Oh, I love it. Go on. <laughs> hit me yeah so we talk now about, we're talking yeah yeah well we do i don't think it's really important and the more that we you talk about it um the less kind of uncomfortable those conversations can be what are you what are we liking what are we not liking how are you feeling about your body um what's at, like this sounds yes me with my planning and my list like but what's your week like do you uh, you know is three, four, five times realistic this week? Like what? what's, uh, maybe I'm embellishing a little bit. Um, <laughs> but like what, what, what would we be happy with? How many times do we sexually want to try and connect this week? Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what might that look like? And also um, like, where am I at in my menstrual cycle? Like, how is that going to influence this part of our relationship in this upcoming week? And that's something that we've got way more in tune with and on the same page with over the last couple of years. Um, And it's really simple. Uh, Just the period tracking app that I was using, we just logged into it on Nate's phone so that he could see it as well. And then it was like, oh, why didn't we do that like years ago? That Mm. would have made so much sense. Um, So that's a big part of the conversation. And then just like generally, like how did you feel this week? Was it a good week? Was it a bad week? Is there anything that like has come up that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Um, how connected do you feel to me? Like, did did we have some good moments of connection? Did we actually manage to get some quality time with each other this week? Or have we just been present in each other's environment, but not truly mm-hmm. present? Um, and then what are the priorities for the next week? Is it your career? Is it, um, you know, our romantic relationship? We've got date night. Is there a big house thing that we need to do? Like, have we got a rental inspection coming up? Do you have some medical appointments? Well, anything health, like that? Yeah. Is that, you know, we've got visitors. Um, is there something that we're doing for that planning for the future? Um, is there anything that I can help you with? Is there anything that I can take off of your plate that would make your life easier? Or is there any area that you need me to step up or the the opposite, the ask is like, can you please help me with ABC this week? Um, and then we tend to look through our like household um like distribution of tasks as well. So we, um, we've been using uh, Eve Rodsky's fair play cards. It's a deck of, of cards 
um, and there's about a hundred of them and they each card represents household common household tasks um, and then it's just a visual card of like who's taking ownership of the laundry the groceries the cleaning the the dog the car whatever the things are so we generally go through those cards and swap any back and forth that we don't do or don't have bandwidth for um, and then the one that Nate um, mentioned earlier is like, is there anything you would like me to apologize for? Is there something that I I did or didn't do this week? Is there something I did or didn't say this week that um, has left you wounded in some way that we now can now have the opportunity to proactively repair? Awesome. Awesome stuff. So many gems in this episode for the audience. And just going to wrap this up now, guys. I really appreciate your time. And tell the audience where they can find you or anything else you wanted to mention, whether that's, uh, I don't know, resources or anything at all, really. So you can find us both on Instagram. So my handle is Nath Yeager. Yeah, and my home on the internet is probably Instagram as well. And I'm Sammy somewhere, Sammy with an I. Um, And then you can find Date Forever, like our podcast, our show, on wherever you're listening to this one. Um, And also you can just Google us, um, Date Forever, and we will come up. Yep. Awesome stuff. Half of the audience is in America anyway, so uh, hopefully you get some of the – some of the American audience going over to listen now, but yeah, everyone check that out. It's a great podcast, some awesome content on there. I like the fact that that is real and authentic. And also there's just loads of just sound advice in there, you know, and it's just keeping it real in terms of how you guys do it really, isn't it? It's not like yeah, we like to get down to the practical and tactical. Yeah. So I love it. We, we like to always have those one or two activities or things that you can implement straight away into your relationship to keep it. Do it up. Yeah, but if anyone wants to slide into my DMs, I will send you a copy of the PDF of our happy hour agenda so you can move through the questions and you can have a copy of that for free. Just our little gift, just slide into my DMs. I think that's the best way to get it. Awesome. Thanks for your time both. It was a great chat. Really enjoyed that. Thanks Thanks for having us.